music has, for whatever reason, has always been a part of, of my life. Uh, as, a, as a child, I sang in choirs. I don't know, I, I seem to remember hearing, as a little boy, I remember hearing my mother singing in the kitchen. And uh, early, early on in, 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 in my mar- our marriage, Valley and I's marriage, um, I remember she would be in the kitchen and I would hear her singing too. And um, so music's always been a, been a pretty important part of, of life. Um, may, it, it became perhaps more important to me once I became a Christian. But music was has always been something that um, that that I liked, and I think most of us are that way. We like music. We like different kinds of music, and uh, there's a power in it. And I'm not so sure that it, it's a power to touch a place in our hearts, a place in our spirit um, that that nothing else has that capacity to do. And, and in fact, sometimes we use music on purpose to do that. Um, I, sometimes in order, it helps us to memorize things, right? If you put it in a song, I remember as a kid listening to my brother, um, my older brother, um, practice uh, a song that helped him to memorize all the states. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, you know. You got it? And so music has a way of unlocking something in us. And that can be good or it can be bad. I, I, know, I have a cousin who, um, in, his, in his early life, um, got in, he was a musician, so he got involved in, uh, in a band that, was, that sang a lot of dark music, kind of like the Marilyn Manson stuff that, that was popular a few years ago. And he found, and he would say this, now this is a young man who had grown up in the church. Uh, he, he, at, at the low end, he got to where he was simply obese and suicidal. Now, what do those things have in common? He was perceptive enough to understand that all the negative stuff that he was singing in his band, in his group, was changing who he was. And was taking him there. Music's a powerful thing, both for good and for bad. It can be used. And, and how often do we hear a song that, or, or a piece of music that takes us to, a, to a, an emotional state of some kind or, or elicits some kind of a memory that's associated with an emotional uh, response? Simply true. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's just the power of music. The power of music, that, and we use it to make ourselves feel better, the right lyrics, the right tunes, and it can, and it can, do the other, and it can go in the other, other direction also. Now, this morning I want to talk a, a little bit about worship, and music's just one element of worship, and I was thinking about this, and I probably should have had Debbie do this sermon, because she would be better at this than I am, but uh, it was, it was my, num- my number was up, and so I, uh, so I, I stand before you. And, uh, and this is a part of, uh, of, of the series, Fourth Man in the Fire. Uh, and like I said last week, I thought, wow, what a great, I just thought, you know, that's a great title. Then I found out, went online, found out other people had used it. I felt cheated. 
But uh, obviously the, the picture that we have here is, is that God is with us all the time. Okay? And we see that. Uh, I, I know when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire, were tossed into the fire, uh, they were probably surprised as anyone to look and find that there was an extra person in there. And that it was God. And, uh, and, and really what brought that on was an act of obedience. They essentially said to Nebuchadnezzar, we will not bow to, to your, your, your God. We will, in a sense, we're going to stay faithful to, to Jehovah God. We're going to stay faithful to our God. And so for that, they got tossed into the fire. He says, and, and they even went to the point of saying, even if he doesn't save us. Now, now would you do that? Will you serve God when he doesn't save you? <laughs> yeah, you understand what I mean by that? Save you from a particular event, set of circumstances. And you say, well, pastor, are you speaking some? No, no. People are martyred every day. We, we lose about 100,000 every year in, in this world to martyrdom. But God's there to catch him. And they said to they, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I guess they got their heads together and said, even if he doesn't, let, let it be known by you and all the people around are, are, that, within hearing that we will not serve, we will not bow down. And that act of obedience, that faithfulness of God, brought God on the scene. Powerful, isn't it? Well, we talked about that, and, and, and the upshot was that God's with us even when we don't see him. God is always with us, even when we don't see him. Okay? And we can count on that. I mean, how many of us, how many, honestly, how many of us, uh, you know, I don't feel him, so he's not there. You know, I feel kind of blue, I feel kind of low. Things aren't working for me, so where is God? Well, God's here. You know? Even when we don't see him. Even when we don't feel him. He is there. And he said this. Now, now, I'm not saying this because I made this up. He said this, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Never. I like the feelings too. I like the sense of his presence. I mean, I enjoy that, don't you? But he's here even if I don't sense him, even if I don't feel him. Okay. The next thing we talk, I talked about last week was, was the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that, that came. Jesus had said to his disciples, and in, in I believe it was the 15th or the 14th chapter of John, he said, he's with you, but he shall be in you. So, so what Jesus was saying is that there's something new that's going to take place. God is always with you, but now he's going to be in you. I mean, uh, the, 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 the implications of that are imp- incredible. And he talks about the implications. He says, he'll lead you into righteousness. He will remind you of the things that, he, that I have said to you. He will guide you. Okay? And you'll do incredible things. Today I want to talk about the power and the function of worship. Just briefly, hopefully briefly. And I would say, and, and, and let me just preface the, 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 the sermon with just this one statement. That worship breaks the chains and sets people free. 
Now, I recognize that many of you, many of us, and when I say, I don't know about many of you, or about us in, in, the, big, in the big church pre, uh, thing, think that worship is optional. And because of that, you don't. There's a reason you, you think that worship is optional, because maybe you, don't, maybe you don't think you sing well. Or maybe you saw somebody, like, you know, you know, worshiping, just, just, and they said, you know, that's pretty undignified. I don't want to do that. That's just not who I am, okay? And so I'm not going to do that. I remember I had a, we were up on Hunt Road, and I remember a, a gentleman, I guess he was probably in his 70s, and, and he says, boy, you know, I love the sermon, but I really don't like the worship. So many people, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, think it's kind of an optional thing. I mean, that we come on Sunday morning and it's a buffet. You know, I can just kind of, well, I, I don't like, I don't like uh, corn muffins, so I'm going to take the blueberry muffins. I don't like this. And, but I want you to know it's not a buffet. See, there is a purpose and, a, and, a, and, and there's power in worship. Okay? And God intended it to, you know, and, and I want you, what am I, what am I saying? As pastor, I want you to live in victory. I want you to, not only to live in peace, I mean, I understand that life has its turns and its twists. Okay? And sometimes, the, sometimes things don't go the way we want them to or would like them to do. Okay? Anybody know that? And could I say that for the most part it has nothing to do with, do with your faith? whether you have enough or, 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 or too much or anything like that? Could I say that? That it falls, and to use the words of someone who's really, really famous, he says it falls, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Who was that? That's Jesus, right? Yeah, okay. So, so for anybody who says, oh, no, no, if you, if you have any problems at all, it's because you don't have enough faith. They haven't read the book. I don't know who they're following, but they haven't read the book. But, but here's what he says. He says, I will be with you, and I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will see you through. And the examples that we have in Scripture are things like uh, Peter sinking into the lake, and sinking into the lake, and then calling out to God. And God lifting him up. That's the example that we see. We, we have the example of, of being thrown into the furnace. That, was, that had to be a, a, a waking up morning kind of an experience. But find, and only to find that God was there with them. And they, they weren't destroyed. See? Sometimes it's not. The miracle is not that he kept you from Something. The miracle is that he kept you in the midst of it. <laughs> that the flames did not burn you. That the, whatever the flames were, whatever the waves were, whatever the storm was, did not shake your boat, did not turn you over, did not destroy you. But in turn, uh, God used that to make you a little bit like Joseph. A little wiser, a little more compassionate, a little more loving, a little deeper in who you are and what you what what and God used that. Taught you that you that He'd be there even. And that first of all, that, that no storms last too long. And that God's with you and He'll see you through it. Okay? 
season. Those are some of the lessons. Okay. All right. Here's, a, here's a, just a simple passage. Acts 16. Now this is, of course, every, con, every, every lesson is, is, is contextual in the Scripture. There's a context. There's something going on. And, and, and Paul and Barnes had been sent out on a, a missions trip, and they were going from place to place preaching, teaching. And, and, and you know, and, and this is where the, where, where the Scripture picks them up. It happened that as we were going, from, uh, from going to the place of prayer, a slave girl, having a spirit of divination... Who, who, she met us, and who was, who was, she was bringing her master's uh, much profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are the bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she continued this for many days. But Paul, be, you'd think that, that that's good PR, right? Yeah. But, but Paul was annoyed by this. And he turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. And when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, all of a sudden, she, her usefulness as a, as a fortune teller was gone. So that tells you where this stuff comes from, you know? Yeah? If you're ever inclined, I mean, I, I don't know, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're that far on the edge... Of, 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 a spirit, of, of Christianity that you would kind of like, well, I'm going to go up to... I'm, God's not answering me, so I'm going to go up and ask a medium. See, the spirit of divination is, is driven out, in this case, by Paul, by the Spirit. Just, and, but when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and, dragging, and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they brought them uh, to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. I'd say that was chaotic. Think about this. You imagine the judges pulling their clothes apart? There's a lot of passion here. A lot of passion. And, a lot of, and, and, this, and these were not the things that, that Paul and Silas were doing. And when they had struck them many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the the jailer to guard them securely. And having received such a command, they threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight. Now, you'd think that after a day like this, at midnight they'd be sleeping. Worn down, beaten, bruised, battered, thinking, boy, you know, uh, I, I I can hear Paul and Silas conversing now. That didn't go well. Now, now, Paul, the next time you, you encounter a girl like this, leave her alone. Yeah, I don't know what they were talking about. You know, at, on, on one, from one standpoint, one view, things didn't go so well. Here they are in jail, and it's the inner part of the jail, and they're in stocks. But it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners... We're listening to them. What else could they do? I mean, you think about it. If you're, it's midnight, you're in prison together, and some of the inmates are doing what? They're singing. If anything, we're thinking, this is, I wish they'd shut up. Yeah? 
But they were listening to these people. They were listening to Paul and Silas singing praises to God, and they were praying. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and every, everyone's chains were unfastened. Well, you know, you could have kind of said, all right, uh, the earthquake, eh, that could have happened, right? So the Mediterranean, the, the, and there are volcanoes galore, you know, that, that could happen. But then the door swung open and the chains fell off. That's pretty incredible. More than just a coincidence... And the jailer got it. It says, when the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. How would you like that for an option for failure at your job? But Paul cried out with a loud voice, says, do not harm yourself, for we're all here. Second miracle. And all, and he called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he had brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved, and you and your household. And they got baptized, and they were saved, and it was a great, it was a great event. Great event, right? Okay. Now, know this, that the jailer heard the singing and the worship and the prayer too. He had to be really close. All of these people were in proximity of where of, of what what Paul where Paul and Silas were. Okay? Won't go into the rest of the passage, but let's look at what happened. Okay? Thrown in jail in a tight spot, tight situation, tight spot, you know? For doing what? Doing good things. You ever been in a tight spot because you did the right thing? I want you to know that in this faith that we have. And, and I've talked to you about this most recently, in that, that the enemy, we will come to a place where uh, evil is called good and, and good is called evil. We know that happens today, don't we? Good is, is called evil and evil is good. I, I remember thinking, what? I, I don't understand on, on the surface why these people don't like me. Not that I had this great need to be liked, but it didn't make sense. I mean, you know, once I, get, once I gave my heart to Christ, uh, there's a whole lot of changes that, that begin to take place in my life. I didn't steal anymore. You know? Uh, there are a lot of don'ts that I, that I kind of, you know, God cleaned up, okay? And all of them were, you know, in a sense made me a, a better citizen. You know, I mean, without going into all the, 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 the dirty details, you, you, get the, you get the idea. Okay? Made me a better citizen. I didn't steal, didn't lie, didn't, you know, I, I, was, I worked hard. I was a better employee, all of those things. And all of a sudden, I've got people who don't like me. Now, the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that, that part of the problem is that uh, evil likes evil. Okay? They don't like light. I mean, just, when you come to the light, uh, you don't like the light because your deeds are dark. Okay? When, when you've decided to live for the enemy, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure people decide to do that, but they've never, you know, they, they want to live in a, in, a, in a particular way that's basically a, a life of sin. They don't like to be reminded that, that that's bad. And, and when someone comes into their life, either by association uh, or of, of, of some kind or some form, when someone comes into their life, that there's, they bring light. 
and it's uncomfortable. Maybe not on a, on a, on a conscious level, but on an unconscious level, they don't like that. Does that make sense? I, I've had people, I've had people, and maybe you have too, who says, don't preach to me, and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't remember saying anything to you at all. Yeah? But they felt condemned. Now, did I, did I go out of my way to make them feel condemned? No, but the Holy Spirit in me, the Scripture says, that, that when He comes, He will convict the world of sin. Let me tell you something. All you've got to do is get close to God, and all of a sudden, have you ever, have you ever had those experiences where you thought you knew everything, and, you, and, and all of a sudden, God spoke to your heart? You had this experience, whether it was in worship or, or, or in your devotions, and you realize you don't know anything. And you thought you were pretty good and the Holy Spirit came or or a message was preached and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit revealed to you, turned the lights on, and all of a sudden you realized there were some things that needed some correction in your life. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, if, if I'm around you and every time I'm around you I feel that way, I, can, I, I got two choices. I got to repent or I got to, you know, do something with you. Okay? Because I can't live in the tension of that. I've either got to, to bow my head before Christ and say, God, forgive me for my sin. Or I'm going I'm to have to deal with you, get you out of my life, because I can't stand that kind of connection, that kind of tension. Well, in this place, what happened? When, when, when they sang, when they, they set some tone here, okay? Now, this, we don't see this happening very often in Scripture. But as they sang and they prayed, it says that the place was shaken. The place was shaken. Not the only place in Scripture where it says that the whole place was shaken. They were, there was a place in the book of Acts, I believe it, it says, and as they prayed and as they sought God, the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The place was shaken. In this case, it was a regular earthquake. The doors fell off. They swung open. All the, and, and, and the chains came off. Now, I understand the physical stuff, but I want to take you to another place on this, okay? Okay? It's that worship. And this is, this, is, this is for you. This is for us. That we know that there is, a, is, there, there is an essential element of our faith that includes worship. That includes worship. And, and singing is a part of that. Okay? I remember I went through a, a really, really dark place in my life. I'm just I'm talking about me now. I, I, I do this to let you know. I mean, I, I, I don't mind being vulnerable to you. I do this so you'll know that we're in this together and how this works. Okay? That there's no, you know, I don't, I, I don't sit up here untouched by, by, by things. Okay? Some people have that weird thought that pastors, and some pastors like people to think that about them, but it's a lie. It's a lie. Okay? And so I remember I went through a really dark place. It was 1999 before I came here. And, and I had a friend. Uh, he, was, uh, he was bipolar. He was bipolar. And he was a chaplain. I was a Navy chaplain. He was a Navy chaplain, but he was a senior guy. And I had failed to select, which meant I'm going home. 
In other words, everybody, no, no one, we only got so many admirals, so it happens. You know, it eventually happens to everybody. But it was something I didn't expect to happen. And so it was a devastating thing for me. And typical, my wife will tell you, I just kind of close, I, I, I don't share. I'll go off into a, sh- into, probably drove her crazy. Because I just kind of put this on my shoulders and I walked out and just dealt with it. You know, the waking up at 2 a.m. thinking, okay, how'd you mess this up? Ever feel that way? Yeah. And so I remember just in that state, not knowing what to do. And uh, this guy called me. He says, I want you to come see me. He was a Northern Baptist, charismatic Northern Baptist. There are a few, right? A holy roller Northern Baptist. <laughs> and I, I went over there and we chatted and, you know, the, the circumstances didn't change. He says, Bill, I want you to worship. I, you know, here's this Baptist telling a Pentecostal <laughs> to worship. <laughs> Humbling, but I needed. I'm, I was looking for a life ring, man. I'm reaching, trying to find a life ring here. And he threw one to me. He says, I want you to worship. And then he began to reveal to, to, to me. He says, look, with my bipolar, he says, there's sometimes I have to worship three and four hours a day just to be able to get up and go. Powerful. And so I remember getting into that old big Navy Dodge van. I was over, at, uh, over in Alameda, and it was about an hour back to the base. I'm driving, and I begin to sing every song. I mean, some of those things, some of those, those old songs that, that no one, we don't sing very often. Maybe you sing them at home. Maybe you sing them in the car. Everything I could, that just came to my mind, I began to sing. And, he be, and in the midst of that, somewhere, Someplace in that, he began to lift me out of that dirty, dark pit that I found myself in. Yeah? Yeah? Okay? Worship and singing is essential. It's not optional. Folks, I look out, and now I'm going to meddle. As pastor, here's your choices. Pastor, I don't want you to meddle. I'm out of here. Okay? You know, but I, I want you, I'm meddling because I love you and I care about what happens to you. I want you to be equipped. I want you to have everything that you can to be able to stand and to be able to fight. And we talk about spiritual warfare, and we talk about tongues, we talk about these things. If you want to fight, if you want to have victory, worship is a key. It's key. And singing is a part of that. You may have a horrible voice. I don't care if you're croaking like an old green frog. And that's the best you can do. Do it as unto the Lord and let God work in you. But I began to sing and he began to lift me. And I began to, I began to know this. And what happened here? We see it. We see it. And this is, we see the, the, we, we see the, the, the place was shaken. That, that the door swung open. They were no longer, they were no longer incarcerated. And that their chains fell off. Let let this be known to you today that if you don't worship, you're bound. You'll be bound and and you're in a sense it's kinda like saying, Well, you know, I know I've got to do the I've somehow I've got to work through this. What I want you to do is have a tool. I want you to know that there's power here. 
There's power. Now, why is there power here? Because it brings the presence of God. And when God's in the house, there's nothing impossible. Nothing is impossible. He will set you free. Worship. 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 Croak as you might. You know, and some people say, well, that's, you know, worship. Worship. How often have I said, all right, you know, it's, it's amazing. People find, find themselves kind of like in this, in this dark place. This, nothing's working. The, the joy of their salvation is gone. And they're not sure how to get it back. Worship. They find themselves in a tough place, a tight place economically. Or with their children. Worship. Prayer is part of it. But worship. Worship. Now, you know, I, I could go to this. Uh, let, me, let me at least just remind you of the passage. And I see this picture. Israel surrounded. Surrounded. It was in, it was in a state. And they were in a state where, where, where they weren't a great big strong nation. Relatively few in number. And the king gathered them all there. And here's the picture that the Bible talks about. The kings, they, the, 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 the people who had come against them said, look, just turn it all over to us. We're coming in. And the king's standing there. And the people there were standing, the Israelites standing there holding their babies. <laughs> and thank God there was a prophet. Thank God there was someone who could hear the voice of God. Because they didn't know what to do. And their prayer was, look, we're surrounded, God, we don't know what to do. Have you ever been surrounded and not knowing what to do next? Call out to God. He has an answer. Put it in His hands. He has an answer when you have none. When it's beyond your capacity, fear has, has frozen you in place. You don't know what's next. You've expended everything that you know to do. They said, we don't know what to do. And there was a prophet, and he says, guess what, guys, you're not even going to have to fight. He says, but I want you to go out there on the field. He says, I want you to go out there in faith. And I've told you about this story before. But they did. The next morning, they all lined up, put the choir out front. <laughs> Worship team, how do you like being in the front? <laughs> Of a battle. That, 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 you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, the guy in the saxophone section saying, I don't know about this. Okay? I don't know about this. They go out there, they begin to worship. And it, it, it flipped everything. They didn't have to fight. They won. Why? Because, I mean, Debbie could probably say this better than me, but God, God comes when his people are, 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 are worshiping him. There's something that, that it becomes a focal point of his power and his presence when you and I depend upon him and we begin to exalt him. We begin to worship him even in, in the weakness of our flesh. <sighs> Look, I don't know. I don't know. Musicians. Debbie. I talk about the fourth man of the fire, God being with us all the time. How do you bring him in? You worship. Oh, yeah, I know. It's foolishness. That's foolishness, isn't it? 
That's foolishness. That's, that's what the Greeks would say. A stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Foolishness. And some of you are saying, well, I'm... How in the world, how in the world can worship and praise change my circumstances? It's not the worship and praise. God changes your circumstances. He is brought to bear on a situation when you bring him in through worship and praise. How about that? You may not like to sing. Croak anyway. Just, you know, there's no reason. You know, it's like, you may not like hammers, but... And that, but that's no reason to take it out of your toolbox. It has a perfectly good purpose and, and, and a reason to be there. All the dynamics about the presence of God and stuff, I, I didn't really cover that today. Let's, let's, let's begin our music. Uh, just how about this? Stand with me. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. I'm going to encourage you. We encourage you to step outside yourself, to go beyond where your normal comfort zone is. We're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to sing a song that, that we sang earlier. But I'm going to encourage you, I'm, I, I, I'm going to ask you to step out, whether it's to lift your hands, you know? If you're saying, I'm not lifting my hands, you're the very person who needs to lift, their hand, lift your hands. If that's an issue for you, you need to be able to do it. You need to be able to, you're, you're free to do it. Now, if you've got bad shoulders, that's a different deal. You know, I, I know how that is. I'm not telling you just to kind of like uh, mimic the pastor or mimic somebody else. But to find a place where you can worship and love Him and sing the song. Sing the songs of Zion. You know, David, you talk about dignified, David was the king of Israel. And the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God, was being brought into Jerusalem. And the Bible says, this dignified king danced before the Lord with all of his might. Man, he worked up a sweat. I'm not sure what kind of moves David had. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think it mattered to God. His wife saw him. She was standing on the front porch or whatever served as a front porch and she saw her husband dancing and she got offended. Is that the way a dignified king's supposed to be? And so she let him have it when he came home. God struck her barren. Boom. I don't know. I want you free. I want you to have some tools. I want you to worship. I want you to feel the freedom of exalting Jesus. (laughs) To love Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember I had a young man who was Catholic and got saved here. And God had done such a wonderful work in his life. And so he was, he was at that stage. Pastor, I'll do anything you tell me to do. Most of you have gone beyond that. And I remember saying, just if you've never lifted your hands in worship, lift them. 
Just try it. He said, okay. He began to worship, and God filled him and blessed him. See? Yeah. Childlike faith. Childlike faith. Not ashamed of God. This is something God's... Let's invoke his presence. Let's invoke his presence. Let's worship him. Let's worship him.